Well, hello, CMYK community. And if you're listening to this on the day or the week that we release this, want to say happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, this is a podcast that's a little different than all the other talk podcasts that we do because we decided to just record our morning gathering the morning of Mother's Day and to just give you a little insight of what we did because a lot of it was so much more than just the talk, uh, but actually the songs that we sang, the prayers that we prayed, those kinds of things. And so wanted to just give you an insight into that to maybe uh, introduce some thoughts and ideas, uh, ways to interact with the world on a more beautiful way, which is our goal. So uh, I hope you're doing well. And so what you're going to hear right out of the gates is kind of the beginning of our gathering, some songs and my voice uh, leading in some songs that we sang together as a community. And then uh, there's going to be a little bit of a break because we have some connection time where we just chat. If you've been to our gatherings, you know that and just connect with one another and then uh, come back after a second and then the actual talk. And then there's another break when we do the Eucharist communion and then kind of the wrap up at the end. So just wanted to give you a kind of a heads up that this one's a little different, but Man, if you were there, yeah, uh, it was great. And I really, really enjoyed it and loved it. And it, was, it reminded me of those moments where, you know, you kind of take a risk, you do something different, and you hope and wonder, how's this going to go? We're on the, you know, the edge of the diving board about to jump off, and you're not quite sure how the landing's going to go. And I just got to say, uh, not from, you know, me necessarily, but the community as a whole, uh, just the interactions and conversations I got to have afterwards were just so, so, so good. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're doing well. As usual, if there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. Uh, We'll be back next week with more of the Stories podcast. Without further ado, here it is, our gathering the morning of Mother's Day. We believe that everybody's voice in this room matters and that for you to bring uh, what you have uh, to this place matters. And part of that work for us is just singing together. And so uh, typically we haven't always amplified the music, but we tried something a couple weeks ago uh, and everybody sang louder when the music was amplified because I think it felt like you were you could hide under it a little bit better. You weren't singing a solo for everybody around you. So all that to say, we're going to try this morning by amplifying some things. Uh, And so with that, would you please stand and we invite you to sing along with us these songs that we think matter and point us towards some beauty. And God, our Father, giver of daily bread, blessing our hands and covering our heads. And God, our Mother, leading us into peace, drawing and comforting all those in need. brother Jesus brother guiding our very 
stand and deliver us and grant places of rest. Jesus, Savior, grabbing us from the grave, cheating the fallen, bringing the light of day. Hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, be thy name in all the earth. We sing Halloween. a song that uh, if you've been a part of the community for very long, you know, we sing somewhat regularly. And um, the first time I heard that song, I really connected with it because it deals with the concept that God is, the divine is not this um, one idea or one concept. It's a multifaceted, holy, separate uh, interaction that we're invited into. So God is father and God is mother and Jesus, our brother, these kinds of things. And the beauty and significance that that would bring to our lives and our interaction with each other and the divine, I think, matters. And as many of us may know and understand, we all have a tendency to continually talk about or think about the divine uh, with only the male pronoun attached, that God is he, he is king. And um, while this is something that is, yes, very scriptural and something that has a lot of tradition and meaning to it, This morning is about, because of Mother's Day, this morning is about discovering and exploring the feminine side of God as well. And that maybe, just maybe, there's some significance and beauty in us amplifying that in some ways to the same level and to the same degree that we amplify the he-ness, the maleness of God, that there would be divinity and beauty in both. And so to help us in that, we're going to do a little bit of an experiment. We're going to sing some old hymns together. But rather than having the he pronouns, we're going to replace them with all of the feminines. And uh, for some of us, this is going to be weird and uncomfortable. For some of us, this is heresy. And uh, there's the door, uh, which I'm not saying, like, get out of here. I'm just saying, like, I get it. Like, for some of us, this is going to be really hard. For others of us, this might be a breath of fresh air. But this morning, we are here to interact with the divine. And we're here to understand that we have a tendency as human beings to put the divine in a, in a box in some kind of way, whether that's interaction or theology. And we see that the invitation of moments like this, communities like this, is to interact with the divine together and to watch our boxes or watch our categories dissolve, that we truly are interacting with something holy and sacred. So with that, I invite you to sing together. 
And all creatures of our God and Queen Lift up your voice and with us sing And oh, praise her And alleluia Thou burning sun with golden beams Thou silver moon with softer gleams Live. 
for us to change our language and obviously around the, our father to say and pray our mother but um, there's an interesting concept within uh, more feminine theology to look at the concept of the kingdom of God and to transition that into the kingdom of God because of what that speaks to the heart of God in that realm as well so I thought this morning as we pray we would pray that as well to align ourselves with that concept so with that, we'll throw it up on the screen. I invite you to have a moment to process what are you carrying? What do these words mean for you this morning? What are the names and faces and situations that we bring to this space that we're present with here? That. I invite you to bring your voice, bring your heart. Let us pray. Let's pray. God, this morning, uh, we believe that there's good work to be done uh, for us to be here. And it's our hope and our belief that in that work that we would be interacting with the divine, uh, we would be interacting with each other. And God, that our lives, our families, homes, neighborhoods would be a more beautiful space because of our work and time here. And so we make the decision to be present in this space, to be aware of the mystery and divine here, and to uh, be open to whatever encouragement, challenge, nudge you might bring. We love you. In the name of Christ we pray and we say it together. Amen. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I mean, I even 
I failed because I just naturally went back to he on a couple of those songs. And I think even in the, even in the, the Lord's Prayer, I, I prayed our father, 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 it was something. I definitely started uh, with an F and ended on mother. So, uh, but it was, it's, it's an interesting thing because this is something that's so deeply ingrained in all of us. And I don't know what your personal interaction with this concept of speaking of and singing about God or the divine as feminine does for you. But for me, it kind of, when, when I first started to kind of explore and think about this, it really was something that was off. Something was wrong and not okay. And I didn't know why because it just wasn't what I had experienced before. And so it sent me on this journey and this path of trying to figure it out. And the reality that I, that I hope that we can walk away with this morning is, for some of us, again, this is a welcome thing. This is like, finally, yes, way to go, you know. I've, and uh, this is something you've been looking forward to. But for many of us, I think this is something that we haven't. And to look at it and to understand that this is not something that's just new age. This is not just something that is, you know, way out there and we're just grasping at straws because it's Mother's Day and we got to do something. So, you know, let's just put a wig on God and call him mother for a little bit, you know, because that's what we're going to do. Like, that's not the game that we're playing this morning. There's something that's actually deeply rooted and significant about our spirituality and the way that we choose to interact with the divine and the way that we choose to label the divine. Even within the scriptures, we see from the very beginning, this whole story starts in Genesis with the divine, with God claiming male and female, And speaking about both, that there is the image of God present in both. So as much as history would say that male is more or better, there is this story at the very beginning that says, nope, the divinity of God is found in both male and female. There's something divine about the feminine image. On top of that, you have all of these different metaphors and images that we find throughout Scripture. There's moments like this in Deuteronomy. It says, the writer says, You were unmind, unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. Now, we don't need to have an anatomy lesson this morning, I think, to understand. This is a feminine picture of God. Males, men, do not birth things into existence. As much as Arnold Schwarzenegger tried in the 90s with his film Junior, it's not a reality. This is a feminine picture, image, metaphor of the divine. On top of that, you have Jesus. When he's talking about God, when he's talking about the divine, he chooses to use stories and pictures like this. This is found in Luke. It says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. It's just an interesting thought that here Jesus is telling the story, and this is not something that has to do with a male role versus a female role as much as it is God just saying, hey, in these images, this is in the midst of a lot of stories and parables, images of God. He chooses to say part of this conversation and part of these stories and images and metaphors is seeing God as feminine. There's something within Scripture, all throughout Scripture, that we find these different moments of God being spoken of as she. What we know about human tendencies, and mainly human neurology, is that there's a tendency for us to categorize and label God or the divine in one or two places. For some, God is found in the category of angry, vengeful, out to get you, 
He cares very, very deeply about everything that you do and is always watching. And if you step out of line, he's going to get you. There's that God. That's a category for how our brains have a tendency to lean towards the divine. But there's another category that we can find the divine in, and that is found in a God who is loving and merciful and kind. A God who is embracing you wherever you are and whatever's going on. Two drastically different views of God. And what we know of humanity throughout thousands and thousands of years of human history is there's a tendency to find yourselves in one or two categories. What's interesting is a few years ago there was a study that was done that they brought in dozens of people. And they chose to speak uh, to these people the same theology, the same ideas and concepts about God and the divine. But in the two categories of people that they broke up into, one category they choose, again, same theology, all the same imagery and ideas, but they chose to use the he pronoun, that God was male. That was the only difference. The other category, you can probably assume, they chose to use the she, female pronoun. What's fascinating and really, really interesting is that the people, again, same theology, all the same language, imagery, all these kinds of things, the people that chose and were given the word he, For God, they found themselves in this category of, well, God is vengeful. God is out to get me. He's angry. I've got to be really, really careful about what I do because he's going to come after me. They didn't change any of the other language other than the he and she. Those on the she side found that God and the divine was loving. The way they spoke of God is grace and peace and mercy. This is who God is. There's something even further that what we see is people that find themselves in this category of God as angry, vengeful, wrathful. They tend to have their own lives and their own minds shaped that you can see their personalities and their lives play out. They typically have a shorter fuse. They typically care deeply about all the intricate details of the world. And when things don't go right, they try to control and figure it out and fix it. They're less likely to forgive because they've got to deal out justice and wrath. That the way you think about God influences the way you interact with the world. Now, there's a positive. They typically have incredible impulse control. (laughs) People that see God as vengeful and wrathful, they have a tendency and an ability to kind of control themselves better. There's maybe some reason and conversation about why, but that's something that happens there. On the flip side, those that see God as feminine, those that see God as loving, graceful, Merciful. They themselves find it easier to forgive. They themselves find their life easier in the gray areas of things and simply being willing to embrace people and themselves where they are. Again, as much as this is a conversation that many of us have not really thought about or had, I think it's a conversation that matters because the way that you view God has dramatic impact on your actual health, and the way you go about life and relationships. One of the guys that uh, some of us have connected with that kind of, kind of turned me on to a lot of this stuff is a guy by the name of Science Mike from the Liturgist podcast, and he puts it this way. He says, a loving God is better for your health and mental well-being. An angry God makes you afraid of the whole world. This conversation matters, I think. And what I know, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, spoiler alert, we live in a very male-dominated society and culture. 
That isn't to say that if you're a male in this room, you should feel guilty about that. But it's just to understand the reality of so much of who we are as a culture and where we are as a culture is driven by men at the tops of organizations and communities calling the shots. Historically, we look and we see that politics, the way politics have been formed and functioned, men have been the most influential within that throughout most of human history. We look at the idea of power and the concept of what winning looks like. It's a very male-dominant view of the world and what it means to win. So you've got to do these things, and this is what winning looks like. The concepts of what a relationship should look like between a man and a woman, many times very male-dominated throughout history that men are defining that. Men have defined fashion, what's fashionable, what's not. This is something that we all know and understand. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. And what I find really, really interesting in the midst of all of this is the way that not only the male metaphor of God, but the male interpretation and interaction with God continues to play into spaces and environments like this. That the way that we choose to interact with the divine in faith communities and churches has a very male, dominant, and driven approach. Here's what I mean by that. There's this uh, uh, professor that uh, she's from Duke University, and she talks about this idea that men have the tendency to always want to transcend, and that spirituality is about transcendence. And so when you're interacting with something, when you're dealing with something, the first knee-jerk reaction for most men is that they would try to transcend and get above, get on top of that thing. And so we look at spirituality and how much of our spirituality, how much of church practice and work has been about transcending the moment. You come into a space to look up at a beautiful cathedral historically. You come into a space to pray these prayers up to God. You sing songs to the heavens. You understand that something's happening here, but you try to get above it. It's a very male-dominant view of the world. It's the same kind of thing within business. Just try to over, overcome, power through. Let's take it on. We can do this. Let's get past it. Climb the ladder. Do whatever you need to do. And so our spirituality even has been that kind of thing. If something's happening, find this spiritual thing that gets you out of what's happening and thinking about something else and different. Read your Bible, pray, go to church, these kinds of things. They can be transcendent kinds of experiences. There's a time and a place for that, yes. But what's found is that the feminine approach, the women in the room, the tendency is not to transcend, but to actually live in the reality of what's going on. So something's happening, something's taking place, taking place. And healthy spirituality is not one that tries to just transcend and get away from. Healthy spirituality is one that says, well, let's talk about this. Let's deal with this. Something's happening here. I think we've seen throughout the last few years of our culture, social justice movements becoming more and more female-led in so many ways. Why is that? Because there's something about that work and that role that's found within majority feminine. This isn't to say clear lines. It's just an understanding of majorities. And it's really, really fascinating to me to understand and to see that even in my relationship with my wife, the ways that I continually, whether it's through spirituality or just through life, 
have this tendency to try and pull her from who she is as a mom, as a woman, that something emotional, something is happening. There's a reality here. It's not something that I can deny that there's something there, but my tendency and my interaction typically with my wife, honestly, and I'm glad she's not here this morning. (laughs) My typical reaction interaction with my wife is when something's happening is try to pull her out of it and say this phrase that I'm working hard to never say to her, it's fine. I don't know how many of you men in the room have used this one before, but what I've discovered is when my wife is processing, dealing with something, seeing something, the reality of something, whether that's our son Anders or whether that's something going on in the world or something in our relationship, when I look at her and I say, it's fine, that's a very (laughs) negative way to interact because all I'm doing is saying, what you're experiencing doesn't matter. Forget it. Set it down. Let's move past it. In my heart, I'm thinking, let's talk about what really matters. Let's move on to something that's more significant, which is just me trying to define what I think is significant and important. But the reality is, if there is divinity, if there is the sacred within the feminine, there's a work there that must be acknowledged. And I cannot be someone that just belittles my wife in, it's fine, move on. When something's happening in her heart or in her life, that I just try to get her out of it and transcend. So let's go do this. Let's talk about this. For some of us, it's spirituality. Pray this, read that, whatever it is. No, the work must be, if there's divinity there, must be for me to get in the mud and the muck and to ask questions and to help and lend my hand, not to just belittle, say it's fine, write it off, and try to transcend and move on. I believe there's something about our spiritual health that matters deeply in how we talk about and interact with the divine. And yes, there are metaphors after metaphor after metaphor of God as king, he, male God. But yes, there are metaphors and images of the feminine divine, which speaks to how we view God, which influences our mental health, and it speaks to how I view the women and mainly my wife and the world around me as well. Guys in the room, it's Mother's Day. You could buy flowers. You could uh, do yard work. You could, you know, tackle that honeydew list and try to make mom feel really special. But what I believe is the work of those of us that are trying to follow this way of Christ. It's understanding the history that we come from and understanding the tendency that we all have to try and just transcend. And the best work that we can do towards the women around us is when something's happening, we ask questions. And we work rather than just transcend, rather than just to move on, rather than just try to belittle and say, what do I got to do to be done with this? We work to live in it with them because there's something real there that we've got to talk about. And I'm not, I'm talking to myself because I'm not good at this on any level to the place that I need to be. Women in the room, whether you're a mother or not, do you see that there is divinity in your voice? in what you bring to the table, what you bring to your community, what you bring to your family? Do you see that there's something truly sacred and important and that matters so deeply for how we interact with the divine and how we interact with each other? 
And I know that I'm not one to make a statement that really means anything, but for what it's worth, I know that I am a continual part because of how I treat my wife in particular of this male-dominant view just transcend and just get past. And I belittle her voice. I belittle her emotions because a mother and a woman lives in the reality of poopy diapers, the reality of what's going on in the home, the reality of what's going on in relationships. And we must work to understand that and experience that together. So this morning as we um, come to this table, the Eucharist, I think this matters for us this morning because it's an invitation into the reality of bread and a cup. There's a reality of the taste of the bread on our tongue and the juice on our lips. That maybe, because we've spent thousands of years trying to transcend, maybe this morning the best work is to understand what's the reality of what's happening here. What am I tasting? What am I feeling? What's happening? What did I just interact with, whether it's your wife or a friend of yours or your mother? Or for ladies in the room, What's the reality that's going on? Would you bring a sacred voice to that? That we come and we commune around this table. It's the body of Christ broken, the blood of Christ shed. It's an invitation to break ourselves open and pour ourselves out for the suffering of the world. And that's not just by transcendence. That's by living in this reality as well. So to help us in that and to give you just a minute maybe to reflect and process, I invited Kendra to share a poem Uh, that I think is really, really beautiful and speaks to some of these things. So, Kendra, would you come up? I didn't write this. This is, um, it's called God, Our Mother. It's by Alison Woodward. It's, It's really beautiful, though. To be a mother is to suffer, to travail in the dark, stretched and torn, exposed in half naked humiliation, subjected to indignities for the sake of new life. To be a mother is to say, this is my body broken for you. And in the next instant, to respond to the created's primal hunger, this is my body, take and eat. To be a mother is to self-empty, to neither slumber nor sleep, so attuned you are to cries in the night, offering the comfort of yourself and assurances of, I'm here. To be a mother is to weep over the fighting and exclusions and wounds your children inflict on one another, to long for reconciliation and brotherly love, and when all is said and done, to gather all parties, the offender and the offended, into the folds of your embrace and to whisper in their ears that they are beloved. To be a mother is to be vulnerable, to be misunderstood, railed against, blamed for the heartaches of the bewildered children who don't know where else to cast the angst they feel over their own existence in this perplexing universe. To be a mother is to hoist onto your hips those on whom your image is imprinted, bearing the burden of their weight rejoicing in their returned affection, delighting in their wonder, bleeding in the presence of their pain. To be a mother is to be accused of sentimentality one moment and injustice the next. To be the receiver of endless demands, absorber of perpetual conflicts, reckoner of bottomless needs. To be a mother is to be an artist, a keeper of memories past, weaver of stories untold, visionary of lives looming ahead. To be a mother is to be the first voice listened to and the first disregarded. To be a member of broken creations and comforter of the distraught children whose hands wrought them. 
To be a mother is to be a touchstone and the source, bestower of names, influencer of identities, life giver, life shaper, empath, healer, and original love. Thanks, Kendra. I want to invite you to pray with me, and then we'll receive together. God, this morning we come, and uh, this morning is a, a moment of celebration of the mothers, the artistry, the life, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into every moment of every day in that role. We celebrate that. God, this morning is a moment of celebration for the voice of the feminine and those that live in the dirt and are not looking to transcend but to deal in that reality. And God, for some of us, this morning is a time of confession. Ways that we have belittled the voices of those around us. Ways that I have spent so much time and energy trying to get my wife to stop feeling and to just move on. We believe that this table, this bread and this cup invite us into a reality and there's divinity in that moment. There's divinity in this moment and in whatever it is that we are carrying. And that it's our work as community to address that, to speak to that, and to live in that. This is our work. With that, we're going to play a song through the speakers and invite anybody uh, who's wanting. Everyone is welcome to come and be a part of this meal. Come and be a part of this community and this recognition together. So whenever you're ready, feel free to come forward, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and receive. And then we'll close our time together. Well, it's God with this that we see that we are the body of Christ. We are the physical representation of this divine work, love, mercy, and embrace to those around us and to our neighbors and to our friends. And so we take this bread and we take this cup. We remind ourselves again that this is sacred and this life matters and how we choose to spend today and the day after that and the day after that matters because we are the body of Christ. With that, I'd, I'd like to invite everybody to stand up, and uh, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I know we already prayed this, and um, I'm not saying it didn't work the first time, uh, but uh, the Lord's Prayer and using uh, this different feminine approach that maybe there's something different after kind of talking about it and thinking through some things uh, that we would pray and kind of send ourselves out with it this morning. So we'll throw that back on the screen and let us, with our voices, with our hearts, Let's pray. Say together. Amen. 
Hey, as you go today, a couple things. Um, first and foremost, this isn't necessarily a Mother's Day present. It just kind of happened to line up on Mother's Day. Uh, we're going to start stocking this book. It's called Easy to Love, Difficult to Discipline. Uh, many of you know that uh, we've been working. Uh, Jenny Barkak is our kids leader, and she's stepping into that role. And um, as we as a community are working to be present, honest, open, and love, and what that looks like, we believe that's the life and the invitation of Christ. Uh, this is a book that honestly... I mean, uh, deals with a lot of those concepts and ideas. So if you're looking for something as a parent to just kind of stir uh, some conversation and thought, this is something that we just wanted to provide for you as a resource. So there's a few of them in the back there. Please just grab one. If they're all gone, we will have more next week. Um, this is just, just might be really, really good. And so not to say that this is the parenting Bible, but we think these kinds of conversations and thoughts matters when it comes to kids. And then even as adults, we've had a couple of our leaders read it, and they're like, I wish I would have read this. And they don't even have kids. So anyways, uh, this might be really helpful. Other than that, uh, next Sunday, we're going to be continuing on actually completing our series called Stories. Uh, we've got one final story to share, and uh, it's going to be a good one. So I really, really hope that you can make it uh, for that. One of my very best friends throughout all of life is going to be sharing uh, his story, the ups and downs of his own life and spirituality. So hope you can be there uh, for that. And then last but not least, as you go today, uh, I want to remind you, we've got giving boxes. It's our opportunity to be able to give away 45% of everything given. We're trying to see that percentage increase, and it's your opportunity and your willingness to be a part of this community, not only here, but financially, that helps us continue to increase that giving. So by all means, if you want to be a part of that, we've got giving boxes in the back. Love you guys. If there's anything we can do for you, please, please let us know. Happy Mother's Day. Let us not transcend today. Let us just live in the dirt. So, all right. Thanks, guys.